0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please, take a minute and visit mbcocala.com slash stories to tell us your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's Word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled Holy Wow. We're learning how to cultivate a life that truly honors God, a holy God, in an increasingly casual world. Amen. Help me welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Look at all these people came to church. So glad you're here today. Church is the thing to do, y'all. Church days affect the rest of your days. I don't know if you heard or not, but there's this thing going on called uh, an election election. Omg! <laughs> I want to encourage you to do something because uh, I guess a week from Tuesday is our primary. Turn off your TV for a little bit. I'm not joking, and get get away from the internet a little bit and actually do this thing they call pray. Seriously, <laughs> clear clear your head. Clear your head. Stop talking to some of your little friends. And just clear your head and listen to your heart, and um, we don't have a lot to choose from. Oh, did I say that? Um, but pray, and then at the end of the day, just know this, okay? Don't 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 be discouraged. Listen, so at the end of the day, just know this: God is in charge, and get this: and God is even in charge of those who are in charge. All right, now to our message. Everybody say holy, wow. wow. We're continuing on our series on approaching a holy God in a very, very casual world. Um, I want to look at that very first word, approaching. Um, Approaching something is usually where we have our greatest uh, feelings, nervousness, typically, excitement, whatever. I'm thinking back to, like, junior high. Junior high was where I really, really, really started to notice um, uh, girls. And so, are you all here? So, started to notice girls. So, approaching a cute girl, I, I wasn't nervous at all about noticing them. It was about approaching them. Now, they used to have this thing called a rotary dial phone. <laughs> Do any of y'all remember those? Okay, a better question. How many of you have still use one? Okay, don't look. Um, how many of you don't know what I'm talking about? Okay, well, anyway, you would dial, so you go, And, you know, typically seven numbers. So I'd get to six of them and then chicken out. <laughs> you know? And so approaching something, that's where you would get nervous. And we'd do the same thing with, you know, your recital or, you know, the ball game or the kickoff or the job interview or asking your boss for the promotion or the raise or you're going to propose marriage to somebody or whatever it would be. It's the approach where we typically are going to feel something. And then when it comes to approaching a holy God, when we think about that, sometimes we feel like, well, I don't know if I can do that. A couple of weeks ago, it was about two weeks ago, I was in the grocery store. I like the grocery store. Because um, I can choose snacks. Um but I pass this guy, I talk to a lot of people in the grocery store, and I just enjoy that as well. And this guy, I'm talking to him, and he's off and on at church, maybe here today. Um, but if you talk to me, it's fair game. <laughs> and we're about to, to, you know, talk, walk on. And he said, hey, would you um, just talk to God for me? And I sure, sure. And I walk on. I took about three steps, and I just turned around and said, "Why don't you talk to God for yourself?" And he goes, "Man, I, I, I can't." And I said, "You know what? You can." And I want to take care of that today for all of us because I've found over the years there's a lot of people that whether they speak that out or not, there's something inside that they feel like, you know, I I can't. And I want you to know that I am no more qualified to talk to God. Or rather this way, you are no less qualified to talk to God than anybody else. And we all have a way to get to God. And here's the great news about this. He He wants you to come to him. Did you hear me? He wants us to come to. In fact, Jesus has made a new and living way. He's he's got a secret door, so to speak. Come on, come on in this way. And he's inviting us in. Look with me in in, uh, Hebrews chapter 4. And this is in the message. It's in the paraphrase. This is a very friendly, contemporary way to read this verse. But it says, so let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy. Accept the help. And look in Hebrews chapter 10 in the New Living Translation. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Verse 20. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. He knows the way. Verse 21 and since we have a great high priest who rules over god's house go ahead let us go right into the let us go right into the presence of god with sincere hearts fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with christ's blood to make us clean And our bodies have been washed with pure water. You know what he did? He took all of the excuses and all the things that would would prohibit us from coming to God. Jesus himself has taken those things all out of the way. And he says, come on, come on, right on in. He has made, as other translations say, a new and living way. Where before... There was no way that we could come into the presence of God because of our sin and because of you can't come here because there's a curtain and this is holy and you're not and all of that. And Jesus has come and taken all of that out of the way by his own blood. He made a new and living way, took away our sins. Y'all, I'm not reading the phone book here. Made a new and living way. And and said, I want you to come. I want you to come. And he made a way that you and I, yes, you and I could come into his presence. So you and I can approach a holy God. Now, if you think about it, how do you and I, what is that where you and I come before him? And and think of the ways that we come. He says, you know, if you're hungry. Come and eat. If you're thirsty, come and drink. If you're, if you're weary, if you're tired, come and rest. If you have no money, come and buy. I mean, Scripture talks about it over and over and over and over. And, and how is that interaction? What is that interaction? And really, honestly, it boils down to this. It's, it's prayer. It's prayer. And let me give you just a concise, real, simple definition of prayer. It's communion and communication with God. So everybody read it with me. Prayer is communion and communication with God. And, and that's what that is. So I want to break this down today. And, and uh, let's, let's go back and talk about Jesus first here. Jesus um, had some friends, um, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And they were brothers and sis- brother and sisters, Martha, Mary, and, and Lazarus. And Jesus got word, because Jesus is traveling, ministering. He got word that Lazarus was sick. And then Lazarus ended up dying. He got word that Lazarus was was dead. And Scripture tells us that it, it took Jesus a few days to get there after he died. Or did Jesus take a few days to get there after he died? We'll talk about that another day. But when he does get there, Lazarus has been dead for a few days. And then we'll pick up here in John chapter 11. And it says this. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And we read in the previous verses he'd been dead for a few days. And they said, you know, don't do this because by now surely his body, you know, stinks. And it says, so they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And watch real carefully here. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said. So he's praying. He's praying. And he says, Father, watch this. I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you that you've heard me. Now watch this next part. I know, and I know that you always hear me. I thank you that you always hear me. Now, if I were to ask you, when we pray, when we talk to God, does he hear us? Well, the Sunday school answer would be, yes, I know that you always hear I know that you always hear me. But what I want, our takeaway for this morning, I want it to be that when you and I leave here today, I want you to know that God always hears you. Okay? I don't want you to just have the Sunday school answer, yes, I know that when we pray, God always hears I want you to have the assurance on the inside that I know that when I pray, I want you to know that Tuesday at midnight or Thursday midday or whatever's going on in your life, I want you to know when I pray, when I talk to God, I want to know, I want you to be assured I know that you always hear me. How would you pray? How would you pray if you knew that God really heard you? I mean, would it be this religious, just kind of going through the motions kind of prayer? Would it be this, this uh, wishful thinking kind of prayer? Would it be just what, what kind of prayer would it be if you knew that he really heard you? So I, g- just go ahead and say this. I know that you always hear me. I know that you always hear me. Amen, amen. Now, let's go ahead and look in Hebrews chapter 5. Are you with me? Now, let me just drop in this verse for the sake of time, and it says, and who, and this who is Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when Jesus was here in the flesh, when he had offered up prayers, so there's our subject, and supplications with vehement cries and tears, and I'll tell you what that is in just a moment. Vehement cries and tears to him, the Father, who was able to save him from death and was, he was what? He was doing what? He was praying and he was heard. So that's what we're talking about. He was heard because of his godly fears. And so he was heard. That's the point that I want to make here. He was heard. He was praying and he was heard. Now remember he said, I thank you that you always hear me and I know that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. Now here he's saying that he was heard. Why was he heard? He was heard because he was the son of God? He was heard because he lived a perfect life? He was heard because he was Jewish? He was heard because he went to seminary? No, he was heard because of what? Godly fear. Right here. He was heard because of what? Godly fear. So this has to be the key here. Now, If you study this out, it actually means reverent submission. Reverent submission. Now, what is our series called? Holy Wow. Wow. That's what you've got to have. If you want prayers answered, you've got to have some Holy Wow. You've got to have some godly fear. You have to have some reverent submission. Now, I want to break this down a little bit further. Now, when we're talking about he offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears, this is in the Garden of Gethsemane. So, if you remember on the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested, before that, they had the Last Supper. So he's with his disciples. They're sharing together in this, in this time of communion, the Last Supper. It says, when they'd finished all of that, they sang a hymn. They departed out to the Mount of Olives, and they went up to a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. And there, Jesus prayed. He prayed these heavy prayers, and his disciples did what? They slept. They slept. Okay. So let's go ahead here and look in Matthew chapter 26. It says, and he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Can I go ahead and tell you what this is? Reverent submission. Now look in verse 42. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Can I tell you what it is? It's reverent submission. It's holy wow. This is godly fear. What is it? It's submitting to the will of God. If you want prayers answered, if you want God to hear you, you have to pray something that God is for. Yes, amen. You and I cannot pray, God... I love you and I praise you and I need you to help me rob the bank today. How many of you know he's not going to help you? God, I saw this guy's wife over here and I really like her better than mine. How many of you know he's not going to help you? Um, How many of you know he's not going to help you? Now, here's, here's what we have to do. We have to defer to his will, where you don't know his will. Now, Jesus right here, can I be honest with you? He knows what's coming up. You know, this, this cup, what I'm having to partake of, this, what I'm going to have to go through, as T.D. Jake says, he's looking for a loophole. You know, if, if there's another option here. You know, sometimes we do that. He says, nevertheless, he says, yet, I want what you want. And we have to have that. That's reverent submission. That's yielding ourselves to what the will of God is. But I want to shift this just a little bit also to this. We must specifically request God's will. Well, you're not going to be able to request God's will if you don't know God's will. So you and I have to know God's will. So I should have put this on the screen here, here but, but let me give you this. His will is his word, and his word is his will. His word is his will, and his will is his word. Can you remember that? you say it with me? His word is his will, and his will is his word. Can we do it again? His word is his will, his will is his word. Let's do it backwards. His will is his word, and his word is his will. You got it? All right. So here's what we must do in Proverbs chapter 2. It said that if you will dig in like like a prospector, like somebody digging for, for lost treasure, I mean digging, scraping, searching. If you will dig into God's word, listening, searching, looking. He said if you will do that to find God's word, it says in verse five, then you will understand godly fear. Then you will have you will understand the will of God. I put it this way, and if you've been around here for a while, you hear me say this all the time. You must have daily, everybody say daily. Daily, daily exposure to and intake of God's Word. Daily, expo- daily, not monthly, but daily. Exposure. How many of you like food daily? <laughs> how, how many of you like water daily? You know, if, if, when I travel, when I fly, you know, it's since 9-11, once, if you're going to go through security, if you have a drink of water or you've got Starbucks or something, you've got to throw it away. But as soon as I get through there, there's a Starbucks or a little store or something, I get something because, you know what, I'm not going to be at anybody's mercy. I don't want to be thirsty. Are you all even here? So everybody say Daily. But see, yet we dry up concerning the Word of God. I don't don't even want to ask. First service, third service, you guys are probably okay. (laughs) But are you daily exposure to intake of the Word of God? Daily exposure to intake of the Word of God. What, What do you mean daily exposure to? Daily exposure to is you're listening to Christian music, you're listening to other teachers, you're listening to... Podcasts You're listening to archives of Meadowbrook Church. You know, I listen to, probably daily, I'll listen to a little bit of Joel Osteen and some other guys. Well, Joel Osteen's not a deep theologian. Well, you know what I heard him say the other day? He said, I'm not a deep theologian. (laughs) He said, I'm an encourager. You know why I listen to him? Because he's an encourager. Sometimes, believe it or not, the pastor just needs an encourager. I listen to some deep guys too, you know, and that's exposure to. But then you also need intake of, where you're reading and you're studying, you're doing that. so daily exposure to and intake of the Word of God, so that you know God's Word, and if you know God's Word, then you're going to know God's, you're going to know God's will. Now, used to you. You'd learn God's word that way. And then also you had in the back of your Bible, what would you have? Concordance. concordance. Not just maps, but you'd have concordance. So you could look up stuff back there. Now, I believe this. For every problem, there is a, here it is. For every problem, there is a promise. And so what you would do, if you had a problem, you would you would think and you go, okay, I know from God's word this. Because you would just know it. Or you'd look in the concordance. Now we have something called Google. Everybody say Google. Google. Not gargle. Google. Seriously, you can Google. Bible promise for. Seriously. Leverage technology in that way. And you can find a Bible verse for that. But you and I have to read and study and learn so that we know the will of God. And as we know the will of God, then we can pray the will of God and guess what god is going to hear us Amen. now i want to take you to a verse and i promise you i did not make up this verse first john chapter 5 you ready for it are you ready for it yes. let's just close out service here are you ready for this yes. all right now this is the confidence that we say that's me have in him That if we, watch this, that if we ask anything according to his, what? His will or his word, he he hears us. Are you believing this? Go to the next verse. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, which was according to his will, according to his word, we know that we have, the Amplified says, as our present possession, the petitions that we have asked of him. Can we get an amen on this today? That's our confidence. That's our assurance. Then we're able to say also, I thank you that you always hear me. Are you hearing me? I thank you that you hear me. Why? Because when we go to God and we pray something according to his will, he hears us and we can have confidence in prayer. Now, go back to, like, being a teenager. My parents never did this for me. But let's say your dad came to you on Tuesday and said, Son, because I love you and you're awesome, uh, Friday night you can have our car and 20 bucks. Now, mind you, my parents never did that. <laughs> said, you're grounded for three weeks. And you owe us money. Break the yard. But... Um, Son, you can have the car and 20 bucks. So what did they tell me? That's what they wanted for me. So come Friday late afternoon, I didn't have to be nervous. I didn't have to grovel. I didn't have to wonder. I could just walk right up to them and say, could I have the keys and the cash? <laughs> Why? Because that's the revealed will. So I could ask something that I already knew he wanted for me. Are you getting that? Yes. Now, if I'm grounded three weeks and owed them money, let's keep going. With confidence, then we can pray. You know, and if situation comes up, you know the baby's burning a fever. I've got this financial situation. I've got this trouble with the neighbor. I've got this whatever the the situation would be. Then I can go to God's word. I can find out what he has said or you already know it inside. And I can go to God and I can know that he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, whatever I ask because I've asked according to his word, according to his will, then I know that help is on the way. Amen. You can pray. And you can be heard. You need to pray. You should pray. The biggest problem with praying, biggest problem with praying, ready? You don't. Admit it. The biggest problem with praying is you don't. James says you do not have because you do not ask. The problem is this don't make prayer what it is not. Largely, we've had prayer modeled wrongly for us. You don't have to change your voice to pray. You don't have to use big words to pray. Honestly, when my family, when I was little, got into church, I'd stand outside watching some of the men of the church, and so they're smoking cigars and telling off-colored jokes. Seriously, I'm not making this up. So I kind of hang out and watch them. And they're like, (laughs) then we go inside the church and the pastor would call on one of them, brother so-and-so would you lead us in prayer? Now remember we're back outside. (laughs) Now we come inside brother so-and-so would you pray? Yes. Dear most gracious heavenly father. Thanketh thee for bestowest thou upon (laughs) us. So then when they call upon me to pray, I go, I got nothing. (laughs) Because I couldn't do that. And I think, honestly, when you change your voice and use words like that, I think God kind of looks over the portals of heaven and goes, who is that? get this right here. A humble person who knows how to pray is a powerful person who can unlock the power of heaven. Let's, I'm going to read it again. A humble person who knows how to pray is a powerful person who can unlock the power of heaven. Well, I have a little grandma, Aggie, Gilligan, As my grandmother, my dad's mom. She's in heaven for a long time now. She never left her county, Trumbull, Trumbull County, Ohio. She ne- never left her county until she was in her mid-80s. She never drove. She just lived on a little farmhouse up there. But she prayed. She prayed. She's the only person I knew prayed for me in my presence until I was 12 years old. And she prayed, and now in our family, there's numerous pastors. There's, there's a whole bunch of us in the ministry, I think because of Grandma's Amen. prayers. Because otherwise, we were all going to be pirates. Pirates. But a humble person, (laughs) pretty sure, a humble person who knows how to pray is a powerful person who can unlock the power of heaven. God's made it actually pretty easy. We mess up. We're nervous. He's holy. But he said, if you'll just know I am holy, but I've cleared the way by the blood of Jesus. Jesus. I've revealed my will to you through my word. If you'll just ask me according to my word and acknowledge that I am holy, I've made a way that you can come to me and pray my word and pray my will. And I'll answer it for you. And I'll release something holy into your life and into your situation. Jesus gave us a model prayer, kind of a template. I don't think that he intended that it's a verbatim prayer that you have to pray. If you pray it, It's fine. It's powerful. We refer to it as the Lord's Prayer. And I think it gives us the right approach. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. Get this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think you get that part right. All the rest of it is going to be heard and answered. I think it would be real fitting as we finish today that we kind of read or rather pray that together, and I believe our Holy Father is going to hear that prayer today. So that we all kind of do it together, uh, we're going to have it in the New King James, and uh, let's read, let's pray this together. Jesus said in this manner, therefore, pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Amen. And I believe that He heard us. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBCOcala.